Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with Val Hughes of the Value Guys. I'm a 30-year Wall Street veteran that's had to go underground and take on a secret identity in order to provide you with my candid views on a handful of stocks out of each week's Value Line Investment Survey. You've seen my face on TV. You've seen me quoted in the news, but my bosses would never allow my unfiltered views on the air, so I've disguised my voice, and they'll never know. This week, I'm looking at the January 14, 2011 edition of the Value Line uh, Investment Survey. But before we get to that, a couple of important, important caveats. First, this show is for entertainment purposes only. Uh, that's not a guarantee. Secondly, uh, this is after work, after hours. Uh, I may uh, you know, be completely uninformed about some of these topics. And third, I could be heavily drinking. But today, surprisingly, I'm not unusual. Um, so uh, see all our caveats at www.thevalueguys.com where there's links to best ideas lists and past shows. There's five years of shows indexed by ticker. You can get at them at www.thevalueguys.com. Okay, this week's show, the format, uh, it changes up sometimes, but uh, we're going to have three terrific stock ideas this week. And uh, what I'm trying to do is um, I've got a, uh, a good friend, an entrepreneur, who has recently sold a business. He's got a lot of cash sitting in bonds, and we know what's happening as interest rates go up. Those bonds will be going down, and uh, uh, my friend's uh, advisor has not really told him that. So my goal, we were kicking this around. I just decided to have him on the show, and we'll talk about it out here in the open not in hiding about your problem uh, of needing to reinvest this cash in a world of uh, rising interest rates in your long. So stocks look attractive. I want to persuade uh, you to own some stocks, and I'd like to introduce you again on the show here, Mr. Cash Flow. Cash, well, great to be here. Yeah, I'm ready to invest my cash. Now, last week I did get you to buy a few stocks, did I not? I never saw you those did. orders come through, though. <laughs> what happened? Really? Yeah. You said Maybe you're going to buy a different yeah. account. What? <laughs> uh, okay. Now this week, if I get some, if you buy some of these, yeah, you know, they're I coming hope, for you. Yeah, but you said that last week. We'll no, make I didn't it happen. say anything. We'll make did it you happen. end up buying any of those? Uh, I believe we, we talked about some really great stuff. I know, but Intel, did you? Intel. Last, I don't know, but did I'm, you buy them? Of course I did. But I didn't see any of that. I did though. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. Um, Terrific. Uh, three good ideas this week. B before I get to that, I got, this isn't a rant. So some of you, you know, you heard me do rants, then say I'm not going to do rants. I have just an observation. You know, we've had uh, the president of China here in America. And uh, I'm a huge fan of China. I think, you know, China's got one of the, uh, you know, longest uh, capitalist civilizations in the world. And I respect that. And they, you know, controlled large chunks of the world for hundreds and hundreds of years long ago, and so they certainly are a rising power. But here's what I want to address, and that is there's a notion in America. I saw a survey in the Wall Street Journal last week that there's this notion by Americans that China is the largest economy in the world, the most powerful economy in the world, and, um, and, uh, and yet... Uh, I'd just like to point out that, that that is not anywhere near being true. Uh, and all this data, I'd like to encourage you to get your own knowledge. Uh, the St. Louis Federal Reserve has a treasure chest of free data all about the economy in the United States, international economies, interest rates. If you go to publications or Google it up, uh, 
Federal Reserve of St. Louis publications. You have national economic trends, international economic trends. They've got data in there about all the nations of the world and how big they are and all that type of stuff. And when you go in there, what you'll find is China, and there's different metrics, you know, exchange rates in China and the United States are fixed, so you look at this basket of goods that a family needs to live, and there's all sorts of different ways to try to equalize it. But basically, the United States economy is four to five times as large as the Chinese economy. The Chinese economy, again, different ways to measure it, uh, they're all valid in some way, so you can't point to a number, but it's between 20-25% of the American economy. Then, so that's the absolute number, we're four times as big. Then to that you add that uh, China has four times as many people as America, I believe, at least three times. Again, I don't, I'm not looking at this right now. Three times. Three times. Yeah. Are you looking at it? No, I'm, I know. It's oh, you know. Times. Okay, so let's say it's three times. So three times four is 12 in the sense that the average GDP per capita in America is 12 times that of China. So when I read that Americans somehow think that China is taking its place as the largest economy of the world, I can understand why people have that notion. There's a lot of media about China. China is a great nation, and they are growing fast, but they have a long way to go uh, to be the size of the U.S. economy, and that's, my, that's not a rant. But what did, you, did you know that, Cash? I did not know that, and I, I'm glad I know this, but how about this? Ice cream was made first made in China <laughs> in the year 2000 B.C., you know, I did not know that. What are you doing over there? I'm just letting you know. We don't use computers I'm, I'm here on the show. If you, you want to know where ice cream came from, China. Everyone just... has a computer. There's no need for us to tell people about China. They could be doing that right now while we're talking. They don't need, they don't I will, need us I will to let tell you, them I will let you know another thing. I am, uh, my Chinese animal sign is the goat, <laughs> based on when Cash was born. Is that? Yes. That's, I'm the goat. Uh, Cash, I'm not sure I'm you're understanding you the dragon. Uh, you are the dragon. Focus <laughs> of the show. It's That's fascinating. Bits, you know, I can understand why your stock portfolio has languished a little bit. You know That's what I mean? Is this how you spend your help. days? <laughs> I need help. You need something to oh, do. All right, let's get to some ideas. Jesus. Okay, first up, and I'm not doing the page numbers this week. Medicis Pharmaceuticals ticker. MRX, and I like to give that so people can look it up. Uh, Metasys catches my eye first up because it's 10 times earnings along the cross top of the page. It's a 36% discount to the market PE, so that gets my attention. I look down at their revenue. They're nicely growing over five years, cash flow growing over five years. Um, they have a, a return on capital, it's usually where my eye will drift, to, you know, in the, in the low teens, but it's moving higher. So the delta, the incremental increase in return on capital is vastly more interesting than the absolute return on capital in terms of what's going on right now. And theirs is ticking up consistently. So something good's happening. Uh, their operating margin, you know, oftentimes uh, a rising return on capital is due to a rising operating margin. Here, the operating margin, it's moving around, but it's more stable. So that tells me that something's going on in terms of the productivity of the company that's driving these improvements on capital. And sometimes that can be very proprietary. And so, because it's a secret, if you've got some secret system that's helping you uh, drive returns, you're not talking about it. So I, I like to see those things. And then the valuation on an enterprise value to EBITDA basis is a total 
enterprise value of a billion one, which is a billion six in equity value, but then they've got uh, $650 million in cash. That's $10 a share in cash, $26 stock, and of course you've got to subtract the debt, but the debt's only $169 million. Again, on 63 million shares, that's less than three bucks a share. So net, you've got seven bucks a share in cash, and so the enterprise value to EBITDA here is five times, which means if I look at the inverse, my return on the investment I would have to make to own all the cash flow here would be 20%. What are you getting on your bonds right now, Mr. Flo? A, a lot lower than that. 5%, 4%. A lot lower than that, yeah. And they're, yeah. It'd have to be... Uh, and it's going to go up. Here's the dichotomy. You're saying, yeah, but if interest rates rise, wouldn't that be good for me? Um, you know, it, it wouldn't. And the reason would be is that your coupon is fixed. As interest rates rise, your principal goes down so that the market buyer gets the current rate, not you. I got a question. What do they do? All these questions. I, I I'm sorry. I mean, the financial okay, stuff's cool, but what right. do they do? Of course, you need to ask me that. These guys offer prescription... I'm we, getting a bond, we have a no a bond recall problems. right now. Um, all right. I'm sorry. I should have said that first off. They offer prescription and non-prescription products. I'm just reading Value Line. To treat dermatological conditions. Uh, the company executes a strategy that includes uh, expanding sales of existing brands, launching new brands, intensive R&D. So basically, they want to own dermatology. Uh, and when I look through some of the... Uh, uh, analysis by value line here they've got some key brands that look like they have significant share in dermatology Solodyne, which I don't know any of this Zyana um, they've got something called a uh, dye sport challenge marketing campaign Solodyne has become the most prescribed branded dermatological product in the United States over the past two years so they're on to something here with a new drug obviously that's why these returns are going up and um, you know what you could say? They're in the aesthetic market, and they're looking better every day as a company. Uh, that's, uh, you know, you should write in. Maybe be in the marketing department. <laughs> like um, my friend, this is serious. This is I'm a stock. Very serious. Yeah. I, so you I'm have a marketing say, idea What I'm trying to say is they're in their dermatology. Yeah. They're looking better every day with these new drugs. Looking better every with day. With the physicians. <laughs> People don't want to hear that. I kind of like it. People I like don't this. Hear that. Here's the I thing. want my portfolio to look better. You want this? Maybe I'll rub a little bit on my portfolio. <laughs> it's going to look better. Do you better. want this in your portfolio? I look. like it. I okay. like No, I like the, the financial side The other thing I like about it is I like good margins. dermatological products, let's face it, if you're into that sort of thing, something's going on that you're, that's not pleasant, okay? And at that point, you're going to trust your doctor. You're going to trust the brands. You're going to trust the stuff that works. And so I don't think there's a lot of shopping, and that gives you a little bit of a monopoly. I don't see a gross margin number here, but they're earning 30% operating margin. I know the sales force gets their cut. This product might be a 70% gross margin product, and they might have uh, a patent that lasts a while. I don't know much about that. So anyway... That's my look. You've got to do your own homework on these things. Just because I'm not drinking this week doesn't mean I know much about this. So, but Metasys, MRX. You want to know how I feel about it? Not really. I think you, want, I think you, you want to know. I, I like think it. you're going to own it. I yeah, like you this said one. that already. Yeah, I like this one. So you think you'll be buying it? You know why I tell you why I like it? Margins show they have a bit of monopoly. Uh, we are all, we are a society now where we all want to look better. And we've got products to help us do this, and it's only going to increase. And if they could have uh, monopoly in this area, 
seems like the one the company to have. Yeah. And they're cheap. That's what I think. Yeah. Well, great. Okay. So you're probably going to, so I'll see an order for that probably this next week. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> next up, Eli Lilly, ticker LLY. You know, this week's issue, for you new listeners, I'm just going through Value Line. It's after work. I'm hanging out. My friend Cash. And so, and he's cheating a little bit looking at the computer. What, I do not have cheat? one. What's the cheat? I'm, I'm just looking. Well, they at, don't need that. I, they need I, our thoughts. They need my, my thought. But well, your, if your it. thought's the internet, they already That's have not it. That's internet. All right, whatever. Okay, let's get to the, to the stuff. Eli Lilly. This week, you know, there's a lot of medical stuff, so I'm pu- pulling out. There's a lot of cheap stocks in, in the pharma area, and the reason is is that the R&D departments aren't inventing anything new, and patents are uh, rolling off, and companies are having to compete in the generic market where gross margins go from 70 to, oops, you know, 20. And so that's a big hit. And, you know, Eli Lilly pops out at me. It's eight times earnings. It's a 5.6% dividend yield, which, you know, much better than you can get at the bank. There's a 10-year chart here of declining relative performance because the uh, power in the marketplace as these patent portfolios weaken up in the sense of years to expiration, um, you know, are continuously getting weaker. This whole industry has uh, not had the productivity in R&D or in inventions per R, you know, R&D dollar or revenues from invented products per R&D dollar. All those sorts of metrics are going down. And so they sell cheap because some of these earnings aren't an annuity. You get them for two more years. So you'd have to take the present value of the next two years of earnings, not just put some dopey multiple on them because they don't go on forever. If the uh, life of a drug is three years, you know, Add in those three years of earnings. Don't put an annuity on it. And so the market knows that, and this thing's eight times earnings. Having said that, what I like about it, and and my uh, thesis on this would simply be that while the stock price has been going down, net profit never has. So these things had crazy multiples 10 years ago because people thought there was an annuity and the productivity of the R&D department would continue. It's been the weakening of that that's weakened these multiples. The earnings have been fine. Eli Lilly had a 35% operating margin 10 years ago. They have a 35% operating margin now. It's very stable. Share count's been stable. Uh, the balance sheet is, uh, you know, in, in decent shape. They've got a 38% debt to capital. Um, their return on total capital, though, even in this difficult environment, it's it's 26%. Return on equity is 37 So while these stocks have done terribly in the stock market in terms of performance, the company performance has been pretty good. And, and one of the ways they replace lost patents is they figure out what their true competitive advantage is. And what that is is giant fleets of salespeople that know every nook and cranny of where every doctor is. So they figured out that if the R&D department isn't inventing anything, they go find R&D departments that are but don't have sales forces, and they buy these little companies and share revenues and build it out. And so uh, I don't see the particulars here on Lilly, but um, they have so much... Uh, capital and and so much uh, financial strength that as these patents roll off, my guess is they're going to continue the consistent growth in sales and earnings that have been going on forever. The multiple at eight doesn't have far to go down, and the dividend, they're paying out 80% of earnings, it looks like. Or no, I'm sorry, that's the earnings to cash flow ratio. They're paying out less than half of earnings. That's a pretty high payout, but it looks sustainable. 
particularly as they can buy small companies at a discount, use the sales force to expand sales and share revenue. So I think this thing is uh, more of a dividend play than anything else. I wouldn't watch the stock price too much. It just goes down to flat. But um, the cash yield as a, as a sort of a bond substitute uh, Mr. Flow is really what I'm pitching to yeah, you. That Eli Lilly. Work, that might work out as an income stock. Income that. stock. That's what I'm thinking. Um, did you know they've been around since 1800s? That's uh, a long time. You know, I I didn't because sometimes Value Line gives you a little of that, but they didn't. They don't I have that. I'll let you know. A little. Fun How do you fact. know that? Fun fact. Another Are fun you fact. On their website? Another fun fact. The CEO walks to work a mile a day, <laughs> back and forth. Really hardworking guy. Maybe been there his wants whole to life. Stay healthy. Yeah. Been maybe, there his maybe whole he's life. taking some of the drugs. Yeah. What did he do? What was his original job? I like? don't know that, but he's been there for a long time. Maybe he started dedicated to Eli. I like this one, but it's an income one. Yeah, what's a dividend? Income. What's a dividend yield on this? It's five point six. That's my point. What well, are you getting on your mu- like? Let's say you have munis right now, yeah, and the, and the and cities top. are going bankrupt across America, and you have to start to question whether yeah. those cities will pay you. Eli Lilly will pay you. Here's a dividend. So call it a yield. No, I think this is a good a replacement for, a, for a, I think this is a good replacement uh, That's for, what I'm for thinking, for you. For income, yeah. Because I know you like that comfort of a bond. Yeah. And you just want to I hold like to out until you start wor- your next I like company. The CEO's right. working for me, walking every day. Well, what do you think he's doing during that walk? Thinking about new drugs. Uh, he might be listening to something. I wonder kind <laughs> of you. Yeah, that's uh, no comment. Okay, next up, DuPont. Ticker DD. And again, this one, uh, for you, Mr. Flo, it's a little bit of a yield thing. This is 3.4% yield. I was driven to that in part thinking about you and, mm-hmm. and your issue. Or any bondholders or retirees that are living on fixed income, if you own munis, I'll tell you something. You just got a break because the government decided not to raise your tax rate, so that's nice. But they didn't decide to bail out cities all over America, so uh, I think Vallejo, California filed bankruptcy a couple days ago. And so if you have municipal bonds from Viejo or Vallejo, I'm I'm sorry if I'm getting your town wrong, but there's a city that starts with a V in California. They went bankrupt. And so I'm real suspicious of just owning any munis because now you got a bunch of bankruptcy risk in there that the market's not used to and we don't know how it will unfold. DuPont is another one where, again, what? It's probably a 200-year-old company. It is. Actually, 1800s. 1800s. And so what do they do? 1802. By the way, did I mention what Lilly does? They have a bunch of drugs. Lots of drugs. And some of them are going off patent. That's my summary. (laughs) Um, DuPont, you know, they are a leader, of course, in science and technology in a range of disciplines. I'm reading this from Value Line. Uh, Let's see. Unfortunately, my ink was going out while I was printing this. So the company operates on a global scale manufacturing a... Wide range of something. They're all over. They have agriculture, <laughs> Yeah, it's primarily medical. Uh, they do some things. I, I can read a little bit here. Construction, protective Transportation. Apparel. Yeah, but I mean, the, the core is, uh, is chemistry. Yes, right? it is. That and is they, the core. they put up great returns on capital, mid-teens, just forever, return on equity, you know, upper 20s, lower 30s. I mean, that's respectable in anybody's book. They've got... Um, a pretty decent balance sheet. It's uh, 53% debt to cap, but because of their high uh, margins and returns, you know, they've got that covered, their interest covered 11 times. Um, the debt, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, enterprise value to EBITDA, and the enterprise value, what we would have to pay to own the whole company, $5.1 billion. 
the EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. And in value line, I'm just taking sales times the uh, operating margin, which in value line we know is the EBITDA margin. They take out depreciation below the line. For whatever reason, I don't know. It's not common. But that gets us to a 10 times multiple on EBITDA. The inverse, a 10% return on capital. If we own this whole, or return on our cash investment, if we own this whole company, and we're going to get a little growth as well. You know, maybe this, this thing says we'll get 9% growth. Um, you know, an issue with these guys is inflation coming. What side of the cost versus price equation are they are? And I think they have a lot of unique compounds, monopolies, and all this stuff they do, patents, you know, patent portfolios and such that will protect these high returns. And that makes me believe that when inflation starts coming, um, because they're a little piece of someone's big process, a little chemical or whatever, they're going to have a lot of pricing power uh, in the market and, uh, and therefore, I think, has a chance to have margins expanding. And that'd be my little guess here. We'll see how that plays out. But anyway, DuPont, ticker DT, DD, 3.4% yield. Uh, their payout ratio on these yield stocks you want to look at, they're paying a buck seventy on a 350 earnings, you know, the math, whatever, 50%. Uh, the history here, again, in broad strokes, earnings and revenues, revenues simply do not go down. They did have an earnings hit, obviously, in 2009. Uh, their earnings went from $3 billion peak in 2007 to $1.8 billion in 2009, so it's not quite a 50% reduction, maybe 40 but they're now back up past their old peaks here this year, and that's how recessions work, and I think we're on our way uh, for this one to do a little better. So DuPont, ticker DD, what do you think of that, man? I like it. I like DuPont. Uh, they're spread out quite a bit, yeah, and they're in a lot of different things, so you, they got their hands on a lot of things. Uh, what was the dividend yield on this one again? Three percent change? Yeah, they print it right here, right here. <laughs> well, three and a, uh, three and a half. Three and a half. It's okay. I, I, they're a little less focused for me. But you know what they do? Fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Yeah. Jeff Gordon is who they sponsor for NASCAR, and he's a four-time Cup winner. Just want to put that out there. Really? Yeah. And how does, does that is, does that help the stock? You I, think maybe it does for the NASCAR friends out there. You know that might influence them a little bit here. So if they're on the hook, you know, between Dow and Dupont. Yeah. Yeah. Who's NASCAR? Great. That's exciting. Okay. Uh, three stocks this week. We had Dupont, Metasys, Eli Lilly. And for uh, my friend Phil, I want to put out a favorite. So uh, let's see what your favorite is this week, because I'm my sure it's going to be different. I'm going to guess yours. your favorite again, as usual. Well, I'll get it right. Why don't I say? Why don't I write? I'll tell you what. Yeah, I'm going to put an X on the back of one of these. Things. Okay. Okay. You yeah, look the not other to way. Look. look the other way. Okay. I'm and looking the other way. You... Cash is looking the other way. All right. Now this is the one that I think you're going to like okay. the best. All right. Um, what do we have? We have Metasys. We had Metasys. Yeah. And we had Eli Lilly and DuPont. Yeah. Uh, you didn't like the DuPont. It not as I, It's okay. Um, I'm going to go with Eli Lilly. As your favorite? Uh, that's my favorite, and I think you're going to choose that, my favorite. Really? Yes. Really? Well, why don't we go and why see Why don't what we I look? Did? Let's look. All right. The... No. Oh, oh, it's, oh, it's Metasys. Metasys. Me I like Metasys. Metasys. Looking better every day. That's the show this week, everybody. Thanks for listening in from thevalueguys.com. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend.